All right, we have in our virtual classroom today, Tara Musselman, who is a PSU student and a former student of mine who's been interning with the Politics Not Politicians ballot measure campaign. Is that right, Tara? Uh, it's actually People Not Politicians. Sorry, People Not Politicians. What did I say? Politics Not Politicians. Ah, pe People Not Politicians. <laughs> it's a ballot measure that is aimed at creating an independent redistricting commission for Oregon. Um, so, and you've been working as an intern directly with the campaign manager, Rebecca Tweed. Is that right? That's correct. So why don't you tell us what are two or three of the biggest challenges you've faced working on a ballot measure campaign like this? Um, I think for me, I think overarching was managing my personal expectations. Like I love politics and I love watching, um, I'm a huge West Wing fan. <laughs> so I had to manage the expectation that I wasn't walking into something like, you know, I wasn't Donna walking into a campaign and it was just going to launch and we're, there's going to be busy and there's going to be activity. Um, what I do as an intern for people, not politicians, is everything is remote. So everything is I'm at home. I'm on my computer. I am doing um, conference calls. And it was this Zoom way. Meetings. Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but it was this way before the coronavirus hit, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's always been from from home or from school on my computer. So actually going to a physical office um, has never happened. And so I sort of got this vision that um, going into this internship that it would be this this hubbub of activity, which it is, but it's all remote and it's all on my computer and it's all kind of in my virtual campaign world. So have you so, have you met in person any of the people working on this campaign or it's all been virtual? The only person I have physically met on this campaign is Rebecca Tweed. And, and I've met her once. And you only met her once, right? And, Correct. And so uh, that that does sound like it's a pretty big challenge. And and how have you like how have you managed that challenge? Um, just try to be as present as possible within um, committee meetings, exec meetings. Um, if there are tasks and responsibilities that need to be taken care of, just to be managing and making sure that um, you're on the same page as everybody else when um, expectations need to be met um, and uh, dead deadlines need to be hit. So um, making sure that line of communication is open. Okay, so that's one challenge. Are there, you have any others you wanna discuss? Um, that's kind of really it, just managing that personal expectation and, and adjusting to what the reality is as opposed to um, what you think you might be going into. Right. So you've actually had uh, no extra challenges adapting to the coronavirus lockdown version of campaigning because that was already your reality. Correct. Now, yeah. have, have you as a campaign in general, have you guys seen in your meetings and your work, have you seen challenges that have arisen because campaigns now have to be done very differently since face-to-face -face contact is not available? Yeah, it's, I mean, this whole campaign has had to... Uh, pivot to a certain extent um, in terms of how we operate, um, how we interact with the rest of um, our known universe, working with, you know, Secretary of State and the Supreme Court. Are they, are they in office? Are they working? Um, how deadlines are being moved and switched around? Um, 
So it's, yeah, it's definitely different. And then just managing, again, managing those expectations, um, because I think we're all to a certain extent, you know, we're frustrated and we want things to work as they were, but that's not necessarily the reality that we are in. Right. Um, and it, this so. was, you guys weren't going to be on the ballot in the May election anyway, right? Correct. So you're still working towards November, but... Uh, Correct. Because, right, I imagine that people in Salem are uh, distracted so that yeah. the normal political process is not going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are currently right now trying to figure out how to uh, get signatures under a stay-at-shelter-in-place uh, order. So how does how does gathering signatures look like uh, via email, via uh, regular mail, phone calls, um, and creating that energy and um, the response, you know, getting responses back from voters of Oregon to say, yes, I'm still interested in this. Yes, I still want to, you know, I think this is important and should be um, on the November ballot and making sure that democracy still moves forward, even, you know, even in the time of Corona coronavirus. Right. Well, the signature gathering stage is essentially the crucial stage in a ballot measure, especially a ballot measure like this, which is probably going to be very popular once it's on the ballot. Uh, yeah, this is the biggest hurdle for you guys. Ha <clears throat> have you gotten any guidance from the Secretary of State's office about what virtual signatures are going to look like, or that's all still being developed? It's all still being developed. Um, it's it's on a you know day to day basis on um, what changes and um, what they will accept and what they won't accept. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a pivot in terms of. Um, what we're able to do um, now, is as this, a campaign. Is this brand new in terms of, has have there been procedures in place in the past for gathering virtual signatures, or, or that was a that was nothing and now it's a thing? My understanding is that it was um, gathering virtual signatures was supplementary to the main in-person signature gathering. But it was possible so, to do it in the past, so it's not correct. a brand new thing. It's just now it's correct. all there is. Correct. And, you know, it's all speculation of, you know, what the response rate is going to be. That's one of the conversations we're having right now is, you know, people get um, information in the mail, especially in regards to politics, and they're more likely to uh, place it in the circular recycle bin than actually respond to it. And so um, how do we hedge our bets in making sure that people do pay attention to it and um, are engaged? So those are the conversations we're having right now. Right, because however annoying those signature gatherers out in front of the grocery store happen to be, that actually does raise a level of awareness that a flyer in the mail doesn't even come close oh. to touching. Oh, completely. When you're able to look somebody in the eye or, you know, dare I say, sort of block their <laughs> walking forward or something and, you know, you can engage with somebody physically, um, that has a huge impact over just uh, a flyer in the mail that uh, somebody may or may not look at. Now, on, on the campaign you guys are doing, which is a ballot measure, uh, the signature gathering is an important stage. What are some of the other difficulties that you guys are working on in this part of the calendar, right? You're, you're aiming for November. It's April yeah. right now. You started your internship when, in January? Uh, yeah, I did start my uh, internship in January. I think um, other issues is just getting, you know, we're not able to, since we're not able to gather, you know, those times when you can have uh, 
coffee meetings with, you know, uh, legislators and or community members and building in-person community. That's also taken away from us to a certain extent. Um, we do, we are having Zoom meetings with um, our general um, campaign and we are having Zoom meetings with uh, potential funders and that sort of thing. Um, but there is, there definitely is that distance um, that physical distance portion of it that's that's playing into this. Right, and there's there's always a wariness in the part of potential funders until you've gotten far enough into the signature process that it's clear you're going to get on the ballot. Uh, are you noticing <laughs> even more reluctance to commit finances for the future because of the hurdles right now? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, we are we have a very strong coalition and um i think we will be able to get on on the november ballot but there's you know there's a lot of what ifs right now okay well uh we could definitely i think you know ponder all the different things that coronavirus <laughs> have done but i, I want to move on in the interview um so uh you know from your perspective working remotely on this campaign having only met in person the campaign manager and only once um what are some of the mundane things that are involved in campaign work like this? Um, sort of in answering this question, there yes, there are mundane things like I've formatted speeches and presentations and made sure the database um, is correct and information is um, you know names are spelled correctly and you know titles and positions for people are are correct and addresses are correct. Um, email management, a lot of like office related stuff, but it's all important to the whole. Um, right. A lot of small the, details. Oh, you're yeah, the out. devils and the devils and the details for sure. And that cliche um, applies and, here, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and but it's all important. It's all about getting to to Oregon voters and on the November ballot, so that we can effectively create change in Oregon that um, provides a more transparent and representative um, voting districts. I mean, that's the, the whole purpose of the campaign is to create a uh, independent commission so that people have the power to create their districts and not the politicians, because we know when politicians are in charge of creating legislative districts that they are going to be swayed because they have the power and they're you know they don't want to give up that power to a certain extent um now you're kind of giving the campaign stump speech and yes i, I, I <laughs> and i appreciate that and I, I really like it and you fell into it very naturally is kind of mastering the campaign stump speech so that when you talk to people about this, you, you have a consistent messaging. Is that part of what you do working on a campaign or is this just you personally being excited about this ballot measure? D, all of the above. Um, I am, for me, redistricting and gerrymandering is a craw in my, in my side. And I think that it is a, it is a part of one of the fundamentals to democracy. Um, and that people should have power in their voting voice. And, um, and in terms of the campaign, just make sure, you know, ensuring that you not staying on message, but that you're telling, you're telling the truthful story and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. And when you do that, you're going to create energy and people are going to be interested. And um, it, yeah. So you're a true believer, but you also did have to master the kind of campaign stump speech and the basic patter so that when you speak to people about this, you're doing what the campaign 
uh, is best for the campaign. Correct. But that's been yeah. natural for you. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's great. And, you know, I, I do I am going to want to talk to people in the future who are not such true believers in the campaigns they're working for. I mean, you know, it's ne- not necessarily that they're working for something that they don't believe in, but yeah. that, that don't have the same level of excitement. But it sounds like it's very helpful on a campaign. And this is probably an unsurprising thing. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that being really into the thing you're campaigning for is actually a benefit, but uh, may as well note yeah. it anyway. So um, speaking of surprising, what is something surprising that you've learned by working on this campaign? Uh, It could be anything. Um, What I wrote down actually was in going into this campaign, I was really excited because I know that if this passes, this is a historic change for the state of Oregon. And I think what has surprised me is my level of pride as well as my level of civic duty in this, in working on this campaign. So like, it was pretty high going into it. And as I work through this and working with the executive committee members, working with Rebecca, uh, Common Cause, League of Women Voters, um, those organizations, it's just really, um, it's definitely checking off the bucket list to um, have that political experience to work on a campaign and to be able to be engaged and um, witnessing how this process is working and what it takes to to get to the finish line and then once we're at the finish line what that looks like uh in reality so what this independent commission will be doing their work um and how that will trickle down to you know oregon voters now, oregon citizens you say that you're surprised by like the sense of pride you feel um or that's something surprising is that because you came into this with maybe a semi-cynical uh, view on politics or you just didn't think that campaign work would be so personally rewarding? Why, why was it surprising? Um, I think as I continue to work on this campaign, just the historic nature of it. And then what also is going, you know, the current environment that we're in this COVID-19, like the uphill challenge that we have um, and yet still continuing to move forward um, so it's think- really cool. And then the energy behind it, I think is just, it's just, it's phenomenal to uh, bear witness to. Do you think this is maybe going to ruin you for future campaigns that aren't quite so historic and quite so crisis driven? Yeah. Are you worried about that? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> right. Next time you are going to work on some kind of either mundane ballot measure or a city council candidate or state ledge, and it's not going to quite feel the same. Yeah. It's, um, Oh, this will be so easy. We don't have a pandemic we're dealing with. (laughs) (laughs) So are you going to, do you think you're going to continue working on campaigns or is this like a one and done and you're going to move to another area of politics from here? I would like to, I have actually, this is the first campaign I've ever worked on. And one of my life bucket lists was to work on it. I had written down, you know, work on a campaign and I didn't stipulate what that was. Um, I think I would still like to work on a candidate campaign. Um, I think there's, uh, I'm just interested in that and, you know, being able to get out and collect signatures or, um, have events, uh, for that candidate that I, um, support would be, um, that I think that would be for me, that'd be exciting. Right. It's definitely the can, uh, Canada work is different in a number of ways from ballot measure work. I mean, there's obviously some similarities, a lot of similarities, but so yeah, you want to do, you want to do a candidate as well. 
All right. Well, yeah. I, have, I have one final question for you. Um, what kinds of recommendations do you have for people who are involved in campaign work? You've been doing it for a few months. Uh, what yeah. What have you learned about yourself? What makes it sustainable? What would you say to people who are who've never been on a campaign who are want to or are going to be on one? Um. Again, it's sort of going back to managing expectations. The thing about a campaign, at least for a ballot measure, is it's fast and it's slow. Um, there's a lot of things that happen quickly, and there's a lot of things that feel like it's slower than molasses. Um, certain messaging that you that needs to go out due to changes, or just you know, striking when the iron is hot, um, and making sure that um, the supporters of the campaign are aware of what's going on. Um, how the importance of this ballot initiative is important to the health and well-being politically of the state of Oregon. Um, and yeah, there's just been certain instances where it's, I was like, I would talk to Rebecca and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do that. I have time. And um, like, she's like, I need it in 15 minutes or, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's other tasks or responsibilities. It's like, it's because it's, maybe it's more committee based um, that it takes time to run through that process and go through that process of clarification and um, support and structure where um, I will also note that this is one of the first committees that I have worked on where there is actual dissent or um, differing opinions. Right. Um, generally, I've been on boards where it's like, we all, we know we all agree, so we're just going to vote yes. Right. And we know what the no's are going to be. So the process of coming to consensus and um, working towards the goal, working towards yes, what is best for the campaign, what is best for the initiative at this time, but also in the future. Well, this this um, is a particularly interesting uh, campaign because there's a very broad and diverse coalition, which is good news for you guys. But because yeah. it comes from so many different places, uh, it's not your yeah. standard coalition. I imagine it's harder to get to yes in these things. And, and so it's even though everybody agrees in principle that they want this thing to win, how yeah. they message and how they want it to come down can vary. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, like, Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, we have, we have coalition members. Like, the diversity is... And AACP and the Farm Bureau and uh, the the Chambers and League of Women Voters. Um, it's a really uh, Idaho or excuse me Oregon Progressive Party. Um, there's a lot of divergent um, organizations coming together for um, this idea around good governance. Um, so how we get to yes is is sometimes a process, and that's okay. Right. And that, and that may not be a common feature of all ballot measures and certainly not of candidate uh, campaigns Correct. that there's that diverse. So it sounds like the, the, the managing expectations is that you have two different kinds of timelines. You're working on one super fast, get it done now, and another very patient having to kind of hammer out consensus. So that, yeah. And being able to do both of those things, being able to live in both of those timelines, I imagine, is pretty challenging. Yeah, it can be, but it's, it also makes it interesting. So, um, yeah. Well, I really appreciate your uh, perspective and your input. I think it's going to be very valuable for the students. And I want to thank you for being on the phone with me today. Thanks for having me.